0: The Shaq Master! Right.
1: The Shaq I told you. Hold oh, on. You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. The WWF, reach out to the flag and get your back. Hold Back! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, switch the ball
0: in. It's showtime. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to P3 Radio. We just cut the music off like that all the time. We don't fade out like professionals. I'm, <laughs> I'm Richard Bullock and joined here by Josh probably my best friend. Say hey, Josh. How's it going, everybody? All right, we're not going to waste any time here. we got a big show lined up for you. On the phone right now with us, he is a Chicago Cubs fan. He is a Star Wars aficionado, and he is one of the most underrated wrestlers that I've ever had the privilege of meeting. On the phone right now. We have none other than Flash Flanagan. Hey, Flash, how's it going, man?
1: Am hey, bad? How you doing?
0: Ah, doing good, man. We we are so happy to have you on. Uh, uh, I would say we go way back. I I was actually figuring it out the other night. We've known each other now for about eight or nine years, and that's just sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Flash, who were some of your favorite wrestlers growing up?
1: Growing up, uh, he's Roddy Piper. Uh, Randy Savage, Hogan, Road Warriors, probably some of the top ones.
0: Speaking of uh, Hulk Hogan, (laughs) so, you know, you can agree to tell this or not. Ran into a good buddy of both of ours, a guy that I used to tag team with, named uh, the Albino Rhino, Miles Morrison. And uh, he told me a story uh, about you and Ripley and a pretty large superstar having a, a little bit of an argument about Hulk Hogan.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Who do I have to argue with? It was, a,
0: it was a guy that he said that you asked him why did he kick out of Hogan's finish. Oh. Yeah, I'm bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I won't ask that. Yeah, but Miles was like, you got to ask him about that, man. He's like, I've never felt so uncomfortable in my life.
1: <laughs>
0: what year, if you don't mind me asking, what year and how did you get started in professional wrestling?
1: I started in... Uh, June of 92, I would, I'd always, I was actually, I was going to go out to San Bernardino, to Bill, uh, Bill Anderson school. And then, uh, a buddy of mine in high school was telling me, he said, like, Hey, there's a wrestling ring over in this building down the street from where we're going to school at. And so I kept driving by over there and I looked in the window and I seen the ring. there's no, never anyone there. So then I just kept driving over there and driving over there. And then one day I was like, man. I'm going to sit down and get in the building. I'm going to tear this ring down. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> but the day, I went, the day I go over there, then I sell these cars out there, and I uh, so then I started talking to the guy, and they catered me so much at the beginning, and then and I started going there, and then after he got me in, he introduced me to some people, and I went up to Chicago, windy city, then uh that's when uh Jeff Cohen, one of the photographers, he'd known me from where I started, so. He and Burt Prentice started a little thing up in Indianapolis. He brought me in. I was the only local guy he brought in. And then from there, that's where I met Danny and all that, Mike Samples, And, my and started going down to Danny's and working, and it just took off from there.
0: The first time I remember seeing you uh, was on a tape that Josh had brought back from his uncle's company. Uh, at the time, I don't know if it was OVW or Nightmare Inc. or what. No,
2: it was one that I had bought from him from his merchandise stand. It was like Best of Flash Flanagan Volume Four or something. But the main event was uh Flash and somebody versus Sabu and Judge dread And I thought that That'd was
1: probably my sample.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. But that, I thought that was so cool that you know, because Sabu was like in you know. An enigma at that point.
0: Yeah, we were really big ECW fans growing up. We would stay up until one o'clock in the morning to catch it, and
1: it was cool because Savage was great. I mean, and then he'd have all these guys he'd bring in that he knew, and we was running on every Thursday night. And then Mike Samples wanted to be like Dick the Bruiser, and that's kind of what killed our company, I think, because right. Mike wanted to be the big star. Right. But uh, Savage's first night in, it was, he was he did a run in as a surprise. He said. The whole thing at first was it was like oh he said he was supposed to be here but he he ended up canceling but then he runs in there and gives me that Arabian face buster and like to killed me <laughs> he landed right on my he laid right on my face with that chair I'm thinking dear God this is what I'm gonna have to deal with yeah but after that it was everything was good
0: and that was back we in had the band- t- band- I was gonna say that was back in the time too where it was like don't get your hand up kid
1: <laughs> well we had a Van a, everyone like we came they start later on we had Van Dam like awesome wow. Uh, Blue Meanie, when he was starting out, then you have Ricky Morton and Tracy Smothers.
0: Both, I mean, awesome like, we guys. Had a ton of
1: talent that came through there.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, both. Uh, Ricky Morton's probably tied for the second nicest guy that I've ever met in the business. That's
2: my all time favorite tag team, Rock and, Rock and
0: Roll
1: Express. Well, I owe a lot to Ricky Morton and Tracy Smothers. I mean, pretty yeah. much, if the went for Ricky Morton I and mean, Ricky is the one that kind of him and Tracy talked to Cornette about me after I got to Smoky Mountain and then. The place I go out in St. Louis and stuff is because Ricky Morton said good things about me to Buck Rowling and then he'd called Larry Matthysik and Herb Simmons. So then they started bringing me in there, and it was like pretty much, Ricky's word is pretty good, pretty good to everyone. Ricky says, "Hey, this kid's good." They usually listen to it because Buck Rollie was drunk when he's at the show, when he <laughs> and, and the show was so bad, he didn't even watch my match. He just went by what Ricky said. Right. But then Buck was going to run some shows out in Arkansas, and he wanted to team me up with uh, Luke Gallows. He was going to team me with him and put it together. And then next thing I know, then Buck canceled some shows or whatever, and then they ended up doing. Then he passed away. But then next thing I know, Luke and them are doing that Bullet Club, and those guys just took off and got over.
0: Oh wow, yeah.
2: Well, you you went to Memphis not long after that. Do you have any good Memphis stories? Nah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> great, great payoffs.
0: From what I remember. Yeah,
1: I mean, they weren't the greatest, and they <laughs> weren't the worst. No. It was good learning. Right. But no,
0: man, uh, I've always wondered, what was the locker room like in Memphis back then? Because, you know, later on, me and Miles got a chance to hit up, you know, the the last incarnation of Memphis wrestling, and the locker room kind of sometimes seemed divided. You know, you had two bookers there that I think sometimes went against each other, but I don't know, how was it like when you were there?
1: Uh I don't know. I, mean, I never had any problems. I enjoyed it. It just, like I said, it was a good learning experience.
2: You went to Puerto Rico. Whose idea was it to change your name down there?
1: When I got down there, we're in the car, and Luke Williams goes, Mate, you mind if we change your name? I'm like, As long as I got a check each week, call me whatever you want. Right. <laughs> and he goes, Then he's like, We're going to call you a Slash uh, Fernum, Vernum, Venom, uh, Venom, Venom. I'm like, Whatever. I was like, as long as I got a job I'm getting paid. Well I knew I was gonna get rid of like from some of the, my buddies here in the Louisville because there was another guy that wrestled with this was Sean Benham. You know, he, he was a pretty good worker. But he uh, he getting heat get with the boys and uh so I knew with the Benham name I was gonna get rid by some of the, my friends up back up here said, Oh yeah, I'm taking Sean Benham's name, huh? Whatever um, happened to him, do you know? I don't know. Because I know, I mean,
2: I, I, I like the deal. He used to do the, you know, take the picture with the snake deal for $5. I mean, he, he made all kind of money. From, I know a
0: guy at the bus stop that'll do the same thing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, who was one of the coolest guys that uh, you've met in the business? Uh, whether it be, you know, like we talked about Ricky Morton and, and Bobby Eaton being the nicest that I've met, uh, along with uh, Jerry Lynn, who was, uh, who was probably one of the coolest, nicest guys that you've ever met, that you were like, yeah, you shouldn't be even even be in the business?
1: Uh, Rico Constantino was super nice. He was like just too nice. I think mean, he, he was too nice for the business, I think. because the way he was always around me. So I like, I can't ever say anything bad about Rico. He was like the ultimate baby face. Jericho was cool. I mean, Savu was great. Right. I mean, Savu helped a lot of guys out. I mean, you never really hear about stuff he, he's done for people, but he's helped tons of guys out.
0: To add to your Rico story, 15-year-old me and 16-year-old Josh here uh, were—we were at a show in OVW Louisville Gardens, and Josh's uncle goes, "All right, guys, if you want to jump in the ring, go ahead." So we get in there and we start bouncing around. I've never taken—this is the first bump I ever took in a ring—and hats off, that OVW ring was stiff.
1: That was great.
0: Oh man, I. Well, it could have been because it was the first bump I ever took, and I didn't take it properly. I, for some reason, my first bump, I tried to, side. yeah, I tried to do a drop kick. Yeah, I um, hit my knee, yeah, <laughs> and, and I fell and I hit it, and like, so like two minutes after we're doing that, we look up and uh, Mick Foley's there, and he's standing over in the corner. Les just, Thatcher was watching. Les us. Thatcher's watching us. Uh, Josh's uncle. Uh, all these people are watching us, and we're like, oh crap, we are fifteen and sixteen year olds sitting in here in the ring, and probably these guys are getting offended. Uh, and then in through the ropes comes Rico Constantino to give us a small wrestling lesson and just to kind of help us out like that. Like he was just like, yeah, I, got, I know you guys are real young, but that looked good. But why don't you try this? And was, he's actually I thought working with us. that was super cool too. Yeah, like he, he was so, to do so it. nice and he's like, hey, this necklace you got on, that's going to hurt me. Take it off. And he's like, he gives me a chop, but it wasn't a stiff chop. It was just like a working, like if you, if there is such a thing as a working chop, he gave it to me. So yeah, Rico was awesome.
1: Then I found out like, just, like recently when I found out he has having health problems, I was kind of like, man.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. What's going on?
1: Uh, he's got like blood clots in his lungs or something. Dang. He's yeah, in. He's I guess he's in bad shape
2: or something, isn't he? Some, uh, Not Vegas right now. I don't.
1: Right now, I mean, like I said, he's in bad shape. They had a thing on a. Uh, they were raising money for him on that GoFundMe.
2: Right. right.
1: Uh, I think people came together. Everyone go out there and get on to find the GoFundMe Rico Constantino and help him out.
0: <laughs> yeah, super nice guy. Like I said, yep. no. But what I was going to bring up, man. Um, speaking of the show uh, that we were at, that we were bumping around in the ring like crazy people, not knowing what to do. That show was named. Josh, can you say the name of it? Because I forget every time. It was time.
2: the first Rock and Rumble.
0: First Rock and Rumble at the Louisville Gardens. This had to be like 1999. No, no, it? no. It was uh, 2000. 2000 it was the summer. I wrestled summer. trash. You wrestled. Yeah. yeah, you wrestled Trailer Park Trash. And I remember you were, you all you know, wasn't going over your match, but you were going looking over some things. And uh, we were watching from the sidelines. And you pull out this huge, like, it looked like a 25, 30-foot wooden ladder. Uh, and you're climbing it. And I remember Les Thatcher come in the ring, and he said something to you, like something about climbing a ladder, or you ever think it would be this easy, or something, something kind of silly. And you laughed. And I remember looking at Josh going, what the heck are they going to do with that ladder? Because that is like the biggest ladder I've ever seen. And uh, we're watching the match towards the end. I want to say, where did y'all set the table up? It was outside the ring? Yeah. And I just remember you being dang near the top of that ladder, him pushing the ladder and you spilling over the top. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's dead. That was <laughs> the highest I'd ever seen anybody fall from out from the ring to the outside. And I'm like, there's no way he is. he's still kicking after that.
1: Yeah, and then when I hit the floor, when I hit, through, went through the table. The table clipped up and sliced my leg open.
0: Yeah, I was telling Josh about that. You showed me the first time I told you that story. You showed me your leg. and You were like, "Oh, there's the score, scar from it." It's like, "Oh, jeez. Yes. Yeah.
2: That that was my favorite match that night. I think. Well, you guys I don't have. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know Foley was there. He well, he pulled Kurt, out the man of the cloth. that. Uh, that what was his name? The collector or something yeah. like that. Yeah, something bone collector. He was gonna
0: be like,
1: um, I think they Spencer were Mr. To... Turkey.
0: Yes, Turkai. Yeah.
1: Super, he he was a super great guy, super nice, you we don't want to mess with him though because he was like one of those, super, those so nice. Like, I, I just imagine seeing him mad. <laughs> right. I, I, he was a beast.
0: <laughs> you and you and Charlie Park Trash had a bunch of. Uh, A bunch of big matches. Would you say that was probably the biggest match you can remember with him, or was there something that stands out like that? Probably nobody saw that was like your favorite match.
1: That was probably, yeah, I'd probably say that was our biggest one we had. We had a bunch of good stuff. That was probably the the highlight of it all. Right.
0: Who was your Who's your favorite opponent of all time? Somebody that you just you knew when you saw your name on the booking list against the guy you knew that was just going to be easy money that night.
1: Oh, well, you know, when you say easy money, I guess it would be, when you're saying easy money, every time I'd go and work for events, right. that was easy money. <laughs> right. But, uh, oh, man. I like working with Nick. Nick was, is, knew what he did. He knew what I did, and we just got there, and boom, and we clicked. I like working with Nick. I like working with Nick Dinsmore better than I did working with Eugene.
0: Well, I mean, with Nick, you were going to have a – wrestling match right, with a lot right. of moves, a lot of counters, reversals. That with one he Eugene, had with
2: Benoit, that was amazing.
0: Right. Well, with Eugene, you were going to have a lot of gimmicky stuff, like yeah. smell my finger and wedgies and stuff Which like is, that. Which is entertaining in its own but right. It is, but sometimes when you go out there and you're like, man, I want to have a wrestling clinic tonight, and you're yeah. like, oh, man. Like I said, it's not, nothing bad. I mean, everybody, what was the thing that, um, that Colt Cabana always says, you know, he wants one of those gimmicks so he doesn't have to work as hard and he's always over. Uh, which brings me to another point Both of us listened to the Colt Caban interview and we loved it But uh, one thing that I was Kind of upset about was in it, Like before the interview And afterwards it wasn't like he put you over Like for me it was like This is a guy that I watched on TV He's in my opinion like I said In the intro you're one of the most underrated guys I've ever seen in the in the business And he he kind of like Undersold you a little bit I thought What did you think about that?
1: Yeah Go figure. Story of my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on to that, what is what do you think one of your least a favorite least least a favorite least what a favorite least a favorite? I've been watching a lot of Mario Brothers. What was your fa- what was your least favorite opponent in the wrestling business? I mean, you don't have to name names, but just maybe the type of opponent, somebody you knew you were going to have to get to work to get a lot out of.
1: Oh, let's see, my least favorite opponent.
0: Or, or we could even say least favorite type of match. Because I don't want you to have to bury anybody because, you know...
1: At least I don't oh, know, man. I, when you get out there, like,
0: oh, man. Was it Ripley against two large, bald guys that were really tubby and didn't know what they were doing?
1: I liked working with them. <laughs> I, I don't like doing... I don't like comedy. I, it's like any kind of comical matches, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not down for that. I always try, I try to make myself believable.
0: Wrestling and comedy. I can't say that I don't enjoy it when I see it, if it's genuine. But there's sometimes when you know... It, that they're trying too hard like one of my f- least favorite characters ever was Dave Sullivan what the, the EVAD character yeah, yeah yeah I hated it hated it with a passion <laughs> Uh because I, I think
2: that was Eugene but not done as well they were just trying to keep Equalizer on the payroll have you seen yeah, that, uh, that that hand grenade spot with Chuck Taylor from uh, I guess it was I hate it. yeah I mean I hate all that answer. stuff yeah
1: um, so it's I'm guessing so, so bogus that's just hokey yeah the Joey like,
0: Ryan stuff
1: man, how can you blind any of that right. I good for them if they're making money but they're killing it for everyone else because like you see it once it's like oh wow that's fake
0: right and it becomes the laughing stock right. so everybody's like oh look what this guy likes you like wrestling check this out
1: yeah and, and people look at it and like oh now you're a joke and yeah. guys go out there and bust their butt in the ring and do the stuff that they do and then you got other guys going out there and do the playing around goofy stuff and it's like no one takes you serious. And I get how are you going to draw any money? Guys are sitting over, everyone's talking about you being a joke. And they know all these guys are all fake.
0: One of my uh, favorite responses when somebody I know from high school goes, you used to wrestle, you know, and I'm like, yeah. You, and they'd be like, you remember when we used to talk about how that all, all that stuff was fake? And I'd look at them and I'd go, yeah, and I wish you were right. Because, you know, my yeah. knees, my back, everything hurts. And I was I was always on the small independent shows. It wasn't like.
1: Well, I can just imagine how those guys back in the days that ring was hard back then. Yeah. The first time I ever took a bump is like when I worked with Brian Christopher. That was the first time I ever been in the ring working for him. And I took a bump. I uh, was on the second rope, and I took a bump off there. And uh, I, dear God, that ring is solid. It's got better. But at that time, like, when fully, like that's why I get like when fully took that bump through the cage, it was better than that. Like, man, it was a hard bump.
0: I, I can't imagine. Like one of the, <laughs> the <laughs> stiffest rings I ever worked in was like a uh, boxing ring. And I, yeah. would, I would have much rather wrestled outside on the ground. I want to do a little uh, word association type game with you here. And I'm going to say a name or a thing. And uh, just give me the first thing that pops in your head. All right. Uh, Jim Cornette. Great. Greatest wrestler ever. Oh, man. First thing that pops in your anything.
1: Anything. Savage or Steamboat.
0: Vince McMahon.
1: Uh, good and bad.
0: Favorite Star Wars character.
1: Favorite Star Wars character acting I think about that. One. I guess I say Vader. I guess. Vader, Vader both that.
0: Least favorite Star Wars character.
1: Finn.
2: Wow! I thought you were
1: gonna go Jar Jar.
2: That's mine, Jar Jar, all the way.
1: <laughs> go yeah, that could change now. This new movie comes out with that. Those Porgs, where they are, I don't know. Well,
2: what was your thoughts whenever you heard about Disney purchasing the rights? I mean, were, did you get worried?
1: No, I actually thought it was going to be better, but then after I seen Force Awakens. Yeah. The Force Awakens was okay, but it was like, uh, I didn't like Finn, I didn't like Poe, I didn't like, uh, there's so much stuff I didn't like. I didn't like the Starkiller base. <laughs>
2: It seemed like I, once they purchased it, they really capitalized on, like, animation, you know, with the Attack of the Clones deal, you know, with the series and all that. And they did a couple other things, too, I think.
1: I like Rogue One.
0: Rogue One. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Rogue One Absolutely. and how it ties right back into the, um, was it, Episode 4? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can watch it and start watching Episode 4 and it kicks off right from there.
0: All right, so we're going to get back to the game here. It well, was a little sidetrack here. All right. We're going to get back to the game. <laughs> all right, favorite band? Guns N' Roses. Coke or Pepsi?
1: Diet Coke. Diet Coke, all right, it's okay. <laughs> uh, Yeah,
0: ever since I got rid of the aspartame, I, I really don't like the Pepsi. I know that sounds crazy, but it doesn't taste the same, the Diet Pepsi.
1: Pepsi tastes like sugar now.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Diet Pepsis are horrible. I used to love Diet Pepsi, and it's like, when they were like, now aspartame free, I took it. I was like, no, this is garbage. I want the cancer stuff. Give it back.
1: <laughs>
0: Dream opponent in the ring.
1: Get her alive?
0: Yeah, dead her, anybody.
1: Buddy Piper.
2: Mike Samples.
1: <laughs> cheap shot.
2: <laughs>
1: no, because no, he would take cheap shots on you in the ring. Oh, wow. That's, that's how I felt. If he was mad at you, he wouldn't say it to you. But then when you're in the ring, he would take cheap shots and like, clothes lining in the face and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't like that. And then you sitting there and dog these guys that I liked. And these guys are like my friends and stuff. I'm like, man, I, think I would get heat with because I had traveled with Mike. And I was like, man, I'm not, I'm just pretty much because we're hooked up and there in Louisville. And then going down, I was like, uh, I just, some of the things, it was like then whenever I was working for him, because I was doing double shots on, I was working for Ian Rotten and working for him. Then he made me get, make a choice who I, had, who I wanted to work for. I'm like, you can't be doing both shows. And I'm like, well, I go, no hard feelings. If I had to choose, I'm going to go hard making more money. And he's like, okay, no big deal. And then their TV show all became about me, and it was just b- burying me the entire time, dogging me. And I was like, all right, whatever. Wow. I'm going to heal over here. So all you guys are going to get more heat on me.
2: <laughs> what, uh, what happened? Where was it at? IWA Mid-South was like two guys in the crowd or something. They were yelling something at you. What, what was the deal with that?
1: Oh, there was the Phantoms, the shooting stars. Who was that? Troy Faith and
2: uh, Jerry Troy, uh, Troy
1: Hayes and Jerry Faith. What, did they show they, up they to were, the show
2: knowing that you were going to be there trying to start something?
1: No, they—they—they're I was working with them and Mike, and they closed down, and then they decided to come out and work with Ian. Mm-hmm. And I just got back in at Danny's, because Mike had talked me into leaving Danny's and doing their Kentucky United Championship Wrestling and stupid me he was like, oh, okay, yeah. They had all the, tell me how they had all these shows lined up and none of it was true. And then uh, they would, Jerry got the TV deal and then whenever they closed up, I said, they came out there and they were gonna give Ian their TV deal. And I told Ian, Ian, mean, I just talked to Danny. I got hooked back up at Danny and he's taking me back in. I'm not working with them. One thing led to another and I potatoed him. <laughs> <laughs> they took me to court and everything. Like, wow. Because I guess Troy, Troy ended up going to the hospital. It
2: it looked pretty brutal. I mean, but you know, I I never knew the whole story on the whole thing.
1: Well, it was just a potato. They they wanted to come out and be hardcore wrestlers, so I showed them what it was like there. (laughs) (laughs) Then they took me to court. I had a two second degree and third degree assault charges on me. Wow!
0: They were in the crowd, or yeah, they were sitting front row.
1: They were supposed to jump us at the end of the night, and I jumped the gun. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. I jumped the gun, and I attacked them first. No, was all of part show. of the
0: show. Oh, all part of the show. Yeah. no, of, oh, of course
1: it was all part of the show. Jesus, <laughs> I went to court for this, and it's my story.
0: <laughs> uh, so what what happened with the lawsuit? Did it get thrown out?
1: They or, didn't tell the judge that they were wrestlers, and the judge found out they were wrestlers. He laughed, and the case dismissed and threw it out.
0: Wow, that's that's awesome.
1: Now look down. I mean, you guys got another beating coming to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got a storyline that's about to take place at your house. <laughs> I overheard part of a story you were telling one time, uh, but it involved um, Jim Cornette, and I think you might have been the champion at the time of whatever company Jim was working with at the time. And uh, he found out some guys were in the area uh, running a show opposite of you guys. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, that was uh, in Knoxville. Uh, Mark Henry came in and goes, hey, there's a guy running a show down here in this car lot. I know exactly where you're going with Terry Landell. <laughs> running, running him over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to bury it. I, you, you told such a good story that night. I don't want to end it up with, yeah, I know where you're going. He ran a guy over. It's like, well, that kind
1: of <laughs> <goes."> <laughs> When Henry comes in and tells him this, and Cornet's like, where's he at? And he's like, down here in this car lot. Cornet takes off down there. And we weren't there to see any of it, so all we know is Cornette got into the police and everyone else there and tried to run over Terry Landale. And then uh Cornet comes back and goes, Here, take the belts back with you, I gotta get out of here, cops are after me. I'm like, Huh? And boom, gone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which has gotta be the greatest thing for the guy coming in that's picking the show to go, The cops are after me, here's your belt and then just leaves.
1: I, I didn't ha- I didn't have the belt. Uh, the, it was the tag belts from OVW. Oh. So he, okay. he just makes sure, bring them back.
0: Wow. Yeah. Like, All right. So how did you ever get the full story of that? Did Did he call you up, or did you just hear from a friend that heard from a friend, or how did you ever find out what? Grant uh, was there? telling us about it. Oh yeah.
1: He <laughs> uh, he talked about it on his podcast or whatever. So I yeah. guess it's no big secret.
0: Right. Well. Exactly. I mean
1: but uh yeah i guess Cornette didn't like terry landell very well which is weird though because when i was in smoky mountain wrestling i remember terry landell being around so i always see something happen between that moment and then a few years later i always like the uh the kendo
0: sticks that you painted up like that looked i don't know I, I don't want to give it away if it's some kind of secret the uh the way you painted them and why
1: <laughs> lightsabers
0: yeah. first of when all when
1: the whole thing was Miguel Perez had the uh, kendo stick down in puerto rico and then they did a thing where Andy Anderson, El Lobo, but he did a thing where he put Miguel out and then took the Kindle stick. So the angle was Savio sends me to get the Kindle stick back. And so then I go out and I attack Andy and I beat him down and I could stick. So now I've got the kendo stick and I don't want to be sit there and thinking, okay, here, here he is copying Man or Tommy Dream or anybody. So I want to be something different. So I started painting them different colors, red and green, blue. I'd paint them like lightsabers. I'm like, all right. I'll see if anyone catches on to this. Uh, instead of Kindle sticks, these are lightsabers. No one caught, ever caught on to it. And then Savio, till episode three came out, Savio seen it. He's like, oh, my God, you're doing the Star Wars stuff. <laughs> he goes, don't be painting them. I'm like, no, this is great. I'm like, but uh, then I noticed Sue Young is going out there with the red Kindle stick. I just seen her a few weeks ago, and I told her, hey, don't be stealing my gimmick.
0: But no, man, we're not going to hold you up all night. Like I said, it was really cool for you to let us do this. Josh, was there anything else you wanted to get in?
2: Or? I, I was just going to ask, what are, what's some of the better ribs you've witnessed?
1: We almost got New Jack killed.
2: <laughs> like for,
0: for shoot killed, or like you told him yeah, something and he.
2: For,
1: no, for real. I mean, boys like already killing him. They all have they're getting ready to pull their guns and out shooting. And, uh,. I don't even think you guys know Pondo can take his leg and twist it around. He's like double joint or triple joint. He can take his knee and turn his whole leg around, whereas his foot is behind him.
2: Oh, God.
1: So they're, they bring him in on their first night. They on there on a Friday night, and we're at this show on the east side of the island near Fajardo. It was this spot where Jack set the table up and put set Pondo on the table. And we to jump off the table. they jump off the top of a one of the like, U-Haul trucks that, that carried the ring in. Right. So he jumps off of it and lands on Pondo, one, two, three, and Pondo twists his leg around. We had all this planned. So we're wow. going to rib uh, Bushwacker Luke. So uh, I, as soon as one, two, three, I just went ahead. And I start, I went to the back. I go, oh, great. He just broke Pondo's leg. Luke's like, what, what, what happened, mate? What? And like, he jumped off the table and landed on him and broke his leg. So uh, Jack comes there in the back and Luke's, panicking wanting to get help, Pondo's getting carried back on the stretcher, and he's got his leg turned around and he's selling it, and Jack's yelling at me. He's like, oh, you set the table up too far. I'm like, you idiot, you're the one that set the table up. You shouldn't have done the move anyways. You knew that it's all wet and everything. When you jumped off, you shouldn't have done it. And sitting there, this is after Jack had stabbed that guy in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a yeah, good so was uh,
0: bridge in a story. That's that's right after he stabbed the guy. That was brutal. No, no oh, wait, wait. Just to pause, was Jack you, in on this? Yeah. Okay, okay. We're
1: all in on it. All right. Just the four of us are in on this. So uh, he's sitting there. I go, "Oh, what are you do? You Stab me in front of everybody? He goes, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> so Jack pulls this knife out and starts coming towards me. Well, when that happens, all the boys, they reach in their bags, they got their guns on them. And they all liked me anyways. And then my buddies, there were two referees. One of them was getting ready to hook Jack's arm, and the other one had the gun, his hand on the guns when it was shooting right there. Like, he wouldn't getting closer to me. I'm like, whoa, 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 it's a rib. It's a rib, calm down, guys. And uh, Luke, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Luke, he had left because he was calling 911, trying to get some help there to towards Pondo. So then Pondo stands up, and he goes, hold on a second, and then twists his knee like he pops it. He goes, oh, I'm better now. And I was like, a oh, good rib. And then, uh, I told Jack later on, I go man, you know how lucky you were. Those boys, they, they all had their hands on their guns, they're going to shoot you, and he's laughing. At all. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so that was more than what I thought we would get. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So far, you're the uh, the champion of rib stories right now.
1: <laughs> then, uh, Abyss, he was passed out at the beach, and took a beer bottle and stuck it in his ass. People walking by
0: (laughs) Where's the line between um, A sexual assault and a rib
1: (laughs) People are walking by laughing at you Dutch I know Dutch still has it Dutch is filming it
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man And we we couldn't talk about the court case But (laughs) the alleged sexual assault That might be on film (laughs) Could uh (laughs) (laughs) Honor to have you on the podcast man Uh, Where can the fans see you coming up
2: I'll be, shit, man. <laughs>
1: well, I, well, yeah, because I'm mostly in the Indiana area. Unless I'm getting, I, I try not to travel very much. I don't want to be in a car anymore. Yeah,
0: we're huge in Indiana, so.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. There's like so, two people that no That's
0: half our audience.
1: No one down there, if anyone's listening down there, they're like, man, it's not coming down this way. The only thing I do close to that area is uh, in East Carlet and running in the uh, Southern Illinois area.
0: Well, you never know.
2: All right, fans, you know what that means. It's time to wrap it up one more time. Flash, we want to thank you for coming on on the show. Wait,
0: wait, wait. What? We don't have music playing. I'm
2: acting as though we do. (laughs) No, we
0: don't. No, don't do the music thing. All right, here we go. What kind of Looney tune
1: outfit (laughs) are we running here?
0: You're going to be heard by three to four people, and two of those might be family members. So. (laughs) (laughs) No, all right. So. We're not, like, wrapping up the whole show. This is just going to be part of it, a big part of it. Getting me off
1: of it. You're like, I'm getting him off of here as soon as possible. This is boring. We want some dirt. Uh,
0: you're going to listen to the podcast, and it's just all the stuff you told us not to record. <laughs> We're not recording, I
2: swear. <laughs> no, no, no. We already stopped no, it. We, 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 we stopped we it. Well, all right, Flash, man. We we thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure interviewing you. We um, just, again... Oh. Thank you so much. Yeah, Flash, thanks for being here on the P3 podcast or the P3 sh- radio show. You want to run that back?
0: Yeah. Um, thanks again for being here. And uh, if the guys want to see you, if you're up towards the Indiana area.
1: Or Southern Illinois.
0: Or Southern Illinois. You can check out Flash. As I said before, one of the most underrated talents out there. Flash, thanks again.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. And I uh, hope the show gets over.
2: Us too. Us too. Yeah. I got two months to lose all this weight for my high school reunion. Two months? What are you going to do? I have no idea. I'll tell you what
0: you should do. You should go down to 51 South Creek Drive and see Matt Hoover and all the guys at Maximum
2: Health and Fitness. They're going to whip you into shape and help you reach your maximum potential. I don't have time to work out. I mean, I don't want to get signed up in something and it not be for me.
0: Don't worry about that. You mentioned this podcast, P3 Radio, and they're going to throw you a free trial membership. 51 South Creek Drive? 51 South Creek Drive off the South Island right next to Los Fatales. I'm telling you, they're going to help you reach your maximum fitness goals and get you into shape for your high school reunion.
2: Well, thanks. I'm going to go see Matt and the guys at Maximum Health and Fitness. Maximum Health and Fitness. 51 South Creek Drive,
0: Jackson, Tennessee. So, I messaged you a couple days ago and said I had discovered a bit that I wanted to try to do. This is probably going to fail, just okay. so you know. All right. uh, I just want you to know that I know this is going to fail. I appreciate this,
2: your uh, forward thinking.
0: This is a, uh, a bit that I have to admit that I had stolen um, from Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, there's been other people that's done it. Where they have bleeped out songs that are bleeped out things in things in areas that didn't need bleeping to make them sound bad. Uh, Just for instance, I uh, I did all with a '90s theme, but just for a sample, I did this one just as a sample. I'm gonna turn it down just a little bit. It's a great '90s tune. No, this isn't '90s. This is a sample.
2: So,
0: so that that's kind of the uh, the thing. You bleep songs out to where they don't. I have no faith in this. And uh, looks, I've
2: seen the bit before. Yeah, but
0: you go ahead. I was explaining it for the audience that might have never seen the bit or heard the bit. Well, go ahead. I don't was, know how you saw this
2: bit, but it was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. It was on you the YouTube. Wow. It was on that YouTube thing we right, so, talk about all the time.
0: So that's pretty much how we go. Uh, with this thing, that's pretty much how the the bit goes. You have a song and you bleep it in certain areas and you make it sound bad. Uh, but the next song, um, if I can find it here, all right, this is Whitney Houston's song. Um, it's not right, but it's okay.
1: Yeah, Cause only two of you had dinner. I found your credit card receipt. It's not right, but it's okay.
0: was where I was talking about you're gonna to have to channel your inner John Boy and Billy with this. But it it's very it's very not like it's very popular radio type things. It's not really down the aisle of stuff that we normally do.
2: I was gonna <laughs> ask, did you just recently watch a Tyler Perry movie and just go, Oh yeah, that's a uh, waiting, excellent to song. waiting to XL.
0: Waiting to Excel. Oh, okay. Shoop. Shoop-a-doop. Shoop it. Shoop. Shoop. Shoop over. Alright, so yeah, sometimes you can bleep out a word that sounds like it might be dirty.
1: Just to reach you. Just to reach you. I'll oh, reach you. Into my
0: window. Crawling inside. Nothing. He's a bit dying. Into my
1: window. I'll Are you like...
2: Are you thinking that she's going to be like, come on my window? <laughs> I don't.
0: I, maybe the sensor just got over overworked on that one.
2: Overzealous. Overzealous. Yes. So that could be a bit in the future. Overzealous, the overzealous sensor.
0: So,
2: what do you think? Yeah,
0: That's got possible. You know what you basically just told me.
2: You know your idea kind of sucks, but in the future, you know how we can make this better. You, you know how we can excel and overcome this.
0: All right, so. I want a little country with the next one. All I don't right. know if you remember an artist. An artist. I don't know if you remember an artist named Tracy Lawrence.
2: I most certainly do.
0: Okay, he was a pretty good artist. I oh yeah.
2: I, He was. He was pretty
0: popular. Uh, he had a song called "Paint Me a Birmingham," and this is actually how I thought of the bit. I was. I had this song in in my on my phone. I was listening to it the other day when I mow the yard. I like to get a little lethargic. I like to listen to things that just calm me down while I'm destroying a lawn. So. Alright, so here we go. So, a little bit of a build up here. And just really listen to the words.
1: He was sitting there, his brushing hand. Painting waves as they dance upon the sand. With every stroke he brought to life the deep blue of the ocean against the morning sky. I ask him if he only painted ocean scenes.
2: He said for twenty dollars. <laughs> is there any more of the song? No, or? that's it.
0: I just thought it would be funny if it ended. <laughs> <laughs> the starving artist is what I call that bit. Sorry, Chris. Um <laughs>
1: Against the morning sky. (laughs) Just one more time. Because
2: it makes me laugh. I asked him if he only painted ocean sings. He said for $20, I'll.
0: (laughs) I was going to have you paint me a picture. (laughs) Let's paint the town. That second thing you said sounded real nice. (laughs) Maybe ask you to paint me a Birmingham
2: (laughs) (laughs) or a Cleveland Steamer.
0: (laughs) If you're a cop, you gotta tell me. Uh, All right, so I'm not I'm not proud of this next one.
2: Why are you doing this? That look. You know you're wrong. Oh, I know. I'm not proud of it. Go to the next one. <laughs> All right, this is the We've last one. We've lost like two people.
0: That's half of our audience. Uh, my mom's never gonna listen to this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the last one. Yo,
2: yeah, yeah. this is Cleft You've Elbow. lost a co-host. So I'm gonna slit my wrist. This is a. Um,
0: this is the Fugees. Yeah with their, with their remake of Killing Me Softly this is a big hit in the
2: This my girl L one time one time hey yo L you know you got the lyrics I heard he sang a good song why
0: are you laughing already?
2: <laughs> What's up, L? You know you got the lyrics. <laughs> well, I mean, he Dude, is the Y'all trying to beat up in my headphones.
0: <laughs> Just now read them
2: out to me. I heard
0: he has died. Probably could have cut a lot of and this so out. I came to see him and listen for
1: my with his
0: finger with his I'm gonna lead you to this <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't the best one. <laughs> oh, man. Come
2: on. Kind of popped wide with that one, huh?
0: Yeah, I, I liked it. Let's just listen. But this
2: one. <laughs> Do you know the legit tears that have been cried over the song? Yes. I said I don't feel good about it, but it still made me laugh.
0: There he goes.
2: Are you proud of yourself? No,
0: I'm not. I I wanted to call that bleeping songs, but I have no faith in the bit, and that'll be the last time you hear it on P3 Radio. No, no,
2: no, no. Because... I think you took us to the dark side. Of the well, way. I
0: mean, the people can't see you looking disappointed in me. They can't. I mean, it's funny,
2: but they can't They can't see that. What did you expect? Do you want me to curse you out? Because no, no, sore, no, no. I don't know. Maybe next time, get me some ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: So, Josh needs ice trays, so we're going to set up a GoFundMe for Josh's ice tray fund. Well,
2: actually, it'll be a GoFundMe page for a bigger refrigerator because my wife, she evidently thought that a space saver refrigerator would be the best thing to do. Did you know they make
0: ice tray, ice makers, like actual ice makers that you just roll in and you connect it to a water line, like, under your sink?
2: Oh, really? Yeah, well, they got those in Thailand. No, just here in America. Yes, oh. eBay, Amazon. Oh, really? Yes. No, not at Not at Sears. No. Well, maybe I maybe. don't know. No, they don't have much at Sears at all. They're going out of business. Sears is going out of business. You know that? No. Yeah. Matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The sound of that bell
0: means the bit has died.
2: <laughs> well, Josh, the sound of that music can only mean one thing. We've had another great show, but it's time to wrap it up. We'd like to thank all of you for joining us today for P3
0: Radio. We'd like to welcome you to join us on Facebook at Pop Poncho. Or
2: call or text us at 731-300-MORK. 731 731-
0: We'd like to thank you once again for Josh Brawley. This is Richard Mulligan saying thank you and good night.